Hey tribe, welcome to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. Now, here at Word Up, we host a number of different podcast series, including Words Are Matter, Planetary Service Announcements, Witchy Life Hacks, The Conscious Awesome Show with my amazing co-host, Justin Polgar. It's where we play Spot the Propaganda together, and it's where we have high-vibe, deep-diving conversations with amazing humans. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for this week's episode. Today's Conscious Awesome show is yet another installment of our Chris Ann Hall series entitled Truth Over Personality. This podcast is available in video form along with all of our podcasts on our Locals page, consciousawesome.locals.com. Be sure to join us over there while also subscribing to this Word Up podcast so that you can track our every offering. Now, where are you at with chocolate? I have a feeling you might not have enough. And if you think you have enough, do you have enough of the best chocolate in the multiverse? Yeah, I didn't think so. Head on over to yescacao.com and stock up on adaptogenic, functional, raw chocolate that tastes amazing. And nab yourself a copy, or many copies, of Danny's Quantum Languaging book, Word Up! Little languaging hacks for big change. I promise it'll change your life for the infinitely more wonderful. And it has really cool drawings (laughs) available now in print, Kindle, and audio. Enjoy the show. Yes, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to the Conscious Awesome Show where my co-host, Danny Katz. That's me. And myself, Justin Polgar, explore topics of consciousness by the vent, the vision, through the lens of awesome. We're not rosy colored, we're awesome colored. <laughs> and you can define what awesome color is for yourself. It's what you're wearing right now. Yeah, yeah. I like to go Cosmo. Cosmo's a name. Of considered so in the between the last episode that we recorded and today I have a, a new family member. I have a daughter. Congratulations! It's, quite it's amazing to uh, well, yeah. I'm gonna say it's amazing by virtue of that exact word. Amazing. It is clarifying, partially in my purpose here, my pure pose. I'm an awesome dad. I'm really just showing up so lovely, changing diapers and such, you know, soothing, just doing all the things while also balancing having a two-year-old who's very advanced, Orion is very advanced, and uh, yeah, it's a whole new world. The world continues to change, and when people ask me, how's it going, my answer has been for the last few weeks, better and better every day. It's a great answer. Way to see reality with better and betterness. I like when it catches people by surprise. They go, really? I'm like, definitely, 100%. I recommend you 
you jump on the train. Yeah. Not you should jump on the train. I recommend jumping on the train if it's getting better and better. Recommendations are so much more inviting and expansive than shoulds. Shall we etymologize recommendation? If you're willing, I shut down my internet browser to expand our bandwidth for this conversation. We don't even need it for this. We're going to take our audience through the logical etymologically. Okay. The logical etymological Etymological. You can't spell etymological without logic. Without logic. This is why Guru Singh is a genius. Just saying. (sighs) One of the many reasons. Yes. Recommend. Recommend. Recommand. Mand is mind. Co is with. And re is again. It's again with mind. Recommend. Recommend. Again with mind. As opposed to should, which is uh, an imposition of will of over someone else. And uh, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck, your, fuck wrong use of will. I'm so, I, I want to just do another plug for right use of will. Anyone who's listening to this show, I recommend, I, I advise, I recommend checking out the Right Use of Will series because if you're listening to this, it's going to rub you right. It's going to tune you in. It's a living, it's a living text. It's a living text. You could, I think best to purchase the book and then have it there ready for you when you're ready because the moment it's relevant and you're aligned with that it will take you places big well some of the biggest changes i've seen in some of my friends and relations have come at the instigation of reading the right use of will i am rereading right use of will right this very moment because when i look at what's going on with the world my like the shorthand is what we're seeing is wrong use of will and let's defer to right use of will and it's so simple. And I'm really excited for the rest of the world to have that framework in that context so they know what I'm talking about. And I'm rereading right use of will so that I can amp up my right use of will like translation skills to be able to transmit it. And like you just said, as a living text, there were those two pages that I thought were missing from my book that I asked you to send me. And there are the exact pages that my soul was inviting rereading and focusing on, you know, like I've reread those pages three times now already. It's, I love those texts that like change and shift and give you exactly the wisdom you need in the exact moment you need them. So I agree, like get the book and if it sits on your shelf for three years or 30 years or three seconds, that's fine. It's, it's there when you're ready. Also just a beautiful cover and a conversation starter. And, uh, and uh, if you'd like, friend's tattoo. Yeah, Caleb Coe has a tattoo. And I think Nada also has a tattoo, correct? No, Nada has a hand tattoo. But what was cool was at um, Natan's memorial, I met a man who had the symbol as his belt buckle. And I just grabbed yes. him by the hand and said, oh, you need to meet Caleb. And was just like, here, go, look at your bond. <laughs> Take who it was that? Here. Who was that that has that um, belt buckle? Because I remember it. Cool. He had it made. That's the thing is that right use of will is such a potent book that it inspired Caleb to get it tattooed on his hand and this other man to forge metal in the shape and wear it on his pants. What a great place to wear your right use of will right over your Dantian. Boom. 
project. Oh. I'd say if you want to read, um, if you want to read those two pages that Danny was just referring to, you can subscribe or um, just hop on over to Danny's Telegram, which Danny can put the link there. We'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well. Um, a very entertaining, educational, and tuned in Telegram feed for you. Thanks for the plug, Justin. What's our show about today? What is show 29 about? Where are we going today? Today, we will be completing our three-part series inspired by Chris Ann Hall's motto. The first one, if you remember, and please feel free to go back and listen to, is freedom over security. Woo! I'm on the second already. one. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think we covered, we did a great job covering that and, and the, really how synopsis wise going through the door of security diminishes freedom whereas going through the door of freedom actually gets you the holistic security that your not only your physical body your physical body is looking for but your entire being and that of the greatest good for people the peoples uh -huh. freedom over security the second show was is the second show is Principle over party. Almost the P's really got me a little mixed up there. <laughs> Principle over party, which is about not groupthink. It's not about just doing what is what your group does or your tribe. It's about being able to question and being able to discern what it is that you resonate with principle-wise. Because that actually, if you know your principles, that really sets you up very powerfully for not being swayed by party because parties can change you've been to a party before where like you know eleven thirty rolls around and everything changes and you're like whoa i don't know if i'm supposed to be at this party anymore and you leave because you're smart and you're listening to your principles and not saying oh i'm just gonna stay because maybe it's gonna get better change i don't know i'm just gonna hang out no you listen know, to my your friends belly are here because everyone else is staying so i'm just gonna do what everyone else is doing that's not principle over party no, but we also covered that very well in that episode, which is episode 27. So 26 was freedom over security. 27, episode 27 was principle over party. And episode 28, we had a, a, lovely, a lovely guest. We were able to invite Mickey Willis onto the show. Had a great deep dive into both the pandemic series and uh, living in Austin and the future for children and just beautiful things like that. That was a great chat. Great chat. Uh, and today's show, thank you for your patience, my people, is truth over personality. Truth over personality. Can you discern the message from the messenger? Is it truth over personality? Yeah, I know. Truth over personality. Okay. You want it to be something else? I, I just thought it was like... Uh... it was like policy over personality or so i i defer to you if it's truth over personality then that's what it is we're going to cover truth over personality with the freedom to explore policy over personality is that, also. Is that how chris ann hall languages it truth over personality cool. which is really about just discerning the truth of things there are objection there are obje um, objective truths there are facts there are things that are 
and well, also that. personality. I realize you're checking something, but personality is is um, like the vehicle through which truth is transmitted. So what what I'm seeing a lot of now is people who are choosing to ignore the truth because they don't like the vehicle through which truth is transmitted. It's like if you call an Uber and a Hyundai comes and you're like, ew, I don't want this ride because it's not, I don't like how it looks. I don't like the status around it. So you miss your ride and you miss your plane or you miss your whatever because you're all hung up on like how it looks and how it's delivered and how it's packaged versus the actual meat of the matter, which is the truth that's being disseminated through a mouth that you might not like or crooked teeth or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's a real, there's a, an art form. There's a skill set that is being asked of you. Not only you, Danny, and not only me, Justin, but you, our listener, to be able to see the intention behind, like the, the thread that's coming through the package. It's not, it's not, uh, it's easily perved. You know, it's like you have, you know, the, the, a classic example, or at least one at least living in Silicon Valley when I was growing up, was you have like uh, the tech billionaire who's just like wearing a hoodie and like walks into a car dealership and is like, yeah, I think I want to get this uh, $150,000 car. And the guy, the salesperson is like, you can't test drive this car. You're not wearing a suit. Like, you know, that kind of a, that kind of a assumption based on the package. Yeah. I, it's We're talking about shallow. the truth over the personality. Yeah, yeah. Personality is shallow. It's a beautiful thing. Personality goes a long way, but not over truth. Personality does not trump truth. Does not trump truth. I love how Trump has entered into the conversation. He's just such an easy example of this. He's an easy example of this one because that's what I hear the most about him, especially from people who were born and raised in New York. That I hear that so often of like, ugh, I've always hated Trump. And these are generally people who haven't met Trump. They just don't like the public persona. They don't like the personality. And I can understand that from what I've seen of that personality as well. Um, and then just seeing that bleed into what's going on now where maybe that pushback has more to do with personality than policy or. I think it also could be a memory thing too, because I think there were periods of time where Trump was really celebrated as an American and people, they didn't have such a strong charge. I mean, obviously they just didn't have such a strong charge with this character. He was just like another businessman, um, another mogul. And so, you know, people had judgments about, about that and your judgments are your own, you know? Yeah. If you're having judgments about someone, it's important to find out what is the material in that because likely there's a growth point for ourselves. Totally. And I, I know a lot of times I see this a lot, like a lot of times people will resent people who are very wealthy or have made a lot of money because the money conversation is very twisted in our culture, you know, and people don't mm -hmm. scarcity issues. So they resent the things that they want. So they kind of demonize it. I think that's a piece of it. And 
I mean, I think the, you know, to flip to the, to the other side of it is looking at the people who love Obama so much and people who to this day will claim that Obama was a, a fabulous president. And again, that's based on personality. Because when you look at policy and what was actually, actually accomplished slash not accomplished, the promises that were made and then what actually happened, the presidency doesn't actually stand up to the personality. But I think it speaks a lot to uh, like our shallow kind of celebrity worshiping, star fucking bread and circuses, like glamour obsessed culture, where if something looks pretty and like has some slick dance moves, then we're willing to, to give it our confidence regardless of what's actually happening. Headline culture. The, yeah. the meat of the, you know, and, and I think we've seen, or at least some of us have seen over and over that a headline may say something, the article may say, say something completely different, completely different. And if you're just reading the headlines or just looking at the fashion or just looking at the, the pedigree of the person based on the sh that initial, you know, it's, it's like, how many of your senses are you using to read some someone or to read some piece of piece of information? Are you just using your eyes or are you using more of your your senses of logic or your senses of uh, of truth, your sense of you know your bullshit detector? Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier it's easier to not use those, but it's actually in the long run much more difficult. It's like slowly punishing yourself well it's like lazy like to to defer to personality over truth is lazy because it doesn't take any research to look into to look deeper like people right now you know whatever choice they're making for this presidential election or even it doesn't even not even necessarily president but if you're looking at a ballot and it's like oh this person has an r this person has a d and that's where I identify, but it takes more effort to dig beneath. I mean, that doesn't really speak to personality per se, but you know what I'm saying? To get informed requires a little bit more effort. And also like I, I have empathy and compassion, like people are very busy and are juggling a lot. So maybe they don't have time to do that. So they just scan a headline and look at, you know, some the cut of someone's suit and make decisions from there but it doesn't seem to be really serving us as a republic or a species H have i shared with you my replace my uh, word swap for busy no active oh i like that yeah, it gives really a little bit good. more a little bit more autonomy a little bit more responsibility like i've had a really active week it almost feels like i, I feel like my body it gives energy it's energizing yeah, yeah. I'm starting to realize that's really the key in everything of, of life, of choosing our relationships, of choosing our words, of choosing how we allot our time and our attention is what gives me energy and what takes energy away. And that's so interesting to notice, just switching from busy to active gives us energy. It's a generative languaging hack. I give you the quantum languaging brownie button that I'm still in the process of crafting on some dimension. Ooh, I like that. The QL patch. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I am excited for the day that I get to experience that. I am too. I, so go. I want, I want to, um, I want to bring in the conscious, the conscious awesome piece with personality. And I want to talk about the relationship of consciousness and personality and how those two 
either work together or can, you know, when those two are integrated, what that looks like, what that feels like, and then what that, you know, how to recognize when there's a bifurcation that when there's some type of the Lego pieces don't work. Mm-hmm. So consciousness obviously is a much, it's a much bigger cookie than personality. Consciousness is there before our conception. Consciousness is prior to life and also anterior to life. Consciousness you know, in, always to else. Consci- consciousness is, it's the isness, it's the material, it's the fabric of, uh, and it's a multidimensional fabric. And then personality, if we're using it properly, tunes into that consciousness and uses consciousness as, you know, the, the personality is the conduit for consciousness to express itself. Can express itself in many ways because consciousness is multi, it's many manifold. There's as many people as there are, there's even more expressions of personality. Exactly. It's like every being that ever was and ever will be, and there's still more options beyond that. Which is uh, something to take a deep breath into. Let us do that. breath break brought to you by conscious awesome this breath break take a breath break <sighs> <laughs> uh so so you know in that there's a recognizing it's really good for us to recognize when we are in alignment and our personality is in alignment with our conscious expression and it's also i think when that lines up it's also a lot easier to determine and define when we see that you know perved in um in our mirrors in our relations okay you know there's also something else that i'm being itched to say right now um and i noticed this i noticed this um so in the chinese system of uh organs and their expressions the gallbladder represents decision discernment decision making your gallbladder is where your decisions are made. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, any of our listeners who are a little bit more tapped into this. Mm-hmm. This is how I had learned. The gallbladder is the discerning organ. You can also get your gallbladder removed in an outpatient procedure. And I think it's a really common procedure. It's very common. I know t- right away, two people pop to mind who do not have gallbladders. And how is their discernment? They're slash- very programmed. They are very, very very programmed. So here's your conscious awesome solution in case you are missing, if you don't have a physical gallbladder, it is on you to cultivate the chi of the gallbladder in its place. There's a responsibility. You know, the, the responsibility as a human and as a conscious being does not end, like your problem is not solved by removing the gallbladder. No, there's a, there's post- you know, there's preventative medicine and then there's post-medicine rehab. Part of that is cultivating the chi and making sure that you hold that, that, that placeholder of discernment and strengthen it, maybe even more. For sure more. I mean, it's so arrogant of Western medicine to decide that these organs and these body parts are ancillary and irrelevant, as though the creator made a mistake and we know better with our like 10,000 years of rational thought. So I think 
yes, if for whatever reasons one has their gallbladder removed, I think they have a responsibility to put extra effort in to rebalance and rebuild those functions. Yeah, I think same thing with wisdom teeth, just saying. I think that might have something to do with this. With your diastema. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, Ella gave me that theory. I had I had run the theory, just so our audience knows, I did not start growing this diastema until 2009. When Justin first met me, I didn't have it at all. Um, and so my theory was I had taken to, I spent a year chanting in Sanskrit quite a bit. So my, my highfalutin story around it was that I just hyperactivated my pineal gland and it created so much pressure that it moved my teeth outward. And then our friend Ella said, have you had your wisdom teeth removed? Because it's probably your teeth just moving into that space. And that did make logical sense. <laughs> not, nice as benefit. Sexy, not as sexy a story, but it rung true. So you, you and I both had our wisdom teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even really think, I don't think I even needed to have my wisdom teeth removed. I, it wasn't like they were in pain. It was just what I was supposed to do. And yeah, I was, like I think, a just a little, thing. I was like, I didn't have my, my, my gallbladder had not activated. I didn't know to discern. I didn't know to ask her to push back against, you know, what you're supposed to do. Um, but in the place of the wisdom teeth, I have found it like I feel called to double down on that, to double down on making sure I'm bringing in and influencing myself with the wisdom teachings of, of your. So is that how you see the best way to counteract the removal of wisdom teeth is to take in extra servings of wisdom? Uh, you can take it in like we would be consuming, right? Cause we would be consuming that so be it through any of your senses consuming uh and i also think that wisdom is knowledge with action so in knowing things and then having the experience and uh, you know kind of trial and error but also just trial and intuition having that inner wisdom bubble up i mean that's the sexier wisdom of the two in my, <laughs> in my opinion if you're gonna go wisdom go sexy and let it bubble up from the fountain of infinity with it right i love that that's great i hadn't i hadn't thought of that but maybe that is i mean i feel like i've always kind of had a voracious hunger for wisdom maybe i knew that i was going to have my wisdom teeth removed mine did need to be removed um but going maybe, back, you, oh, maybe go your teeth no longer could hold the capacity of the wisdom you were you were taking in totally. just a theory <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah, we needed more space for the rest that was coming. Yeah, there's uh, there's really there's something about the body mind connection that really allows consciousness to come in and influence personality. I think in the absence of consciousness or the absence of awareness of consciousness, there's a program that wants to come in and subvert so yeah for sure yeah for sure but i also think when it comes to personality i feel like there are aspects of personality that can be cultivated and there are some aspects of personality that simply are and what i see is unfortunate in our culture is people being so hung up on personality that there's no like forgiveness or space around 
personality. Like I see it, this is an exaggerated example in Alex Jones and a lot of people who find him distasteful, which I can understand why people would feel that way. I don't, I can stomach him pretty easily, but I have a, a capacity for that type of rage, but where they'll, they'll just completely discount what he's saying because of his delivery, which is unfortunate because he delivers a lot of truths. And then when I hear people say that about Alex Jones, then I think about me and I think about my personality and my personality is not palatable for everyone. Whose personality is palatable for everyone? Are you? Are there people who don't like you? Yeah. And don't like your, who they don't like your personality? Yeah. It's happened. I, I've been confronted on a few occasions. I mean, we've even seen it with Mickey. Like people, like I've seen people completely discount the validity of the pandemic series because Mickey's delivery is earnest and compassionate. And then it goes down to these personal preferences of, of you know, like, well, maybe I don't like maple syrup and I prefer honey, so. so Anyone who that. likes trees are dumb. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like that is exactly the logic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were speaking in exaggerated terms here, but there, there is some slippery slope to using personality solely or prioritizing personality as the discerning principle as opposed to truth. I mean, here's, you know, this conversation came up yesterday with a friend of mine where we were talking about the importance of, uh, you know, the destructiveness of division mm -hmm. and how it would be great to have people come together even if people had different visions and were coming together but there was a, a unification principle that was happening and so my friend was saying that he he prioritizes a, a unification i said well if the unification is just going in lockstep and going along with something that's like well we're all in this together and so we're all going to be unified in this you know if we all wear masks or whatever then that then we're all unifying under a, under a lie. We're unifying under a personality as opposed to truth. Right. And that, I, I want no part of that. What, is, what, is, my, what is the world without uh, prioritization of truth? How am, I, how am I walking around with trust if there is no truth that is prioritized? I mean, I, I trust, I, I have to trust myself. I find that there's a lot of people that, that don't, trust themselves and then project that out right well the matrix is dependent this whole system is dependent upon people who don't trust themselves and people who will defer to personality over truth and who do need to be part of the group or this whole enslavement construct would self-destruct and i feel like I mean, the idealist in me feels like that is what's happening it's just these final death throws and trying these last ditch attempts. But this whole system is like reliant on our shitty self-esteem, our not knowing ourselves, our not trusting ourselves so that we are, we'll give our power away to it and do all the stupid things it tells us to do and buy all the stupid shit it tells us to buy and hate ourselves and continue chasing all these dangling carrots to keep this nefarious system functioning. And the answer to that is truth. Oh, are you asking me? Yeah, no, you're telling me. I yeah. mean, it's like no. The answer to that is is know thyself, 
is prioritize truth, is trust in trust your intuition, exercise your intuition, and uh, and opt for freedom because freedom allows solutions that are not within the bandwidth of safety. Because something that's different is not safe by by virtue of what we're being told. Something that's different is not safe. But solutions that we're looking for are not going to come from the narrow bandwidth. It's going to come from something we have not. Well, safety doesn't exist outside of us. Like, that is a lie. You look at this planet, you look at nature, and there's nothing safe about it. Like, the white owl that flew, you know, the bunny rabbit that jumped in front of your car, and you were trying so hard to keep it safe, and then an owl came and had it for dinner. Nothing is safe here. It was murdered. (laughs) It was murdered. It was, yes, it was totally murdered. Every carnivore... And any species that's carnivorous, according to some, some people on this planet, are murderers and are bad and are evil. But what all I'm saying is there is no safety externally. Safety, if you want real safety, you have to know it from within, which is why I think the smartest thing we could teach our children, and I'm so excited for this to be in our curriculum, is muscle testing or using a pendulum, teaching people to know their internal yes and their internal no. Think if right now everyone on planet Earth had a true, authentic understanding of how to sense what is truth and what is bullshit. None of this would be happening. This would None be shut this. down. Yeah, it would be done. It would be over. It's really good for courage. It's really, it's very, it's like the, the subtle workout. It's a, subtle, it's a subtle exercise for cultivating courage. Our current reality? No, I mean the muscle testing. Kinesiology. Trusting it's yourself so, it's so over and over again. It, it absolutely is. Like, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of an instance of like being offered a high paying job, you know, where like my, you know, if scarcity issues were to come in and I were to defer to certain programs, then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take it. But because I have an internal sense of yes and no to check in and be like, no, actually this isn't aligned. And I don't even need to know why. It doesn't matter. I just know that I'm getting a no. And then, and then that strengthens my courage in myself because I'm saying no to something that seems like, you know, the thing that I need and I'm disappointing someone. So I'm also building courage and not needing external approval and helping them build their own self-esteem by not kowtowing to some codependent saying yes to whatever they want. Like it's the greatest thing we could do is just to know and honor our internal yes and no. The beauty of that too is, is an acceptance of failure as part of the journey. Failure is, is a step to success. It's just yes. there are a certain amount of fumbles that we make as we are succeeding. That, you know, that's another piece of the sort of matrix fuckery is to put pin in things. Like, like you, you have a misstep or you fall and they want to label that a failure as though, as though you're done, right? As though that one moment is a defining moment instead of the fact that it's a moment in an ever unfolding pathway And I think that's another piece to being a free, liberated, empowered being is to not stick pins in things and to not stick pins in moments. If we didn't stick pins in moments, then we would never label them failures. Well, it's like a perversion of the personality. So like a step, we were taking, you know, this matrix is taking a step from truth to personality and then using personality as like a voodoo doll, essentially. We're talking about pins and saying that this 
moment is pinning who your personality is, which is already a perversion of a priority from what truth is. And this is why it gets very confusing for people. It's because there's a lot, it's a big web. It's a big, thick layer and layer and layer of, because at some point you got to clean the attic. At some point you got to take all the cobwebs and all the spider webs. I don't know. I really like spider webs though. The spiders are helping. But the, the cobwebs, you know, different than spider webs. Mm, I'm getting totally a little bit different. lost here. No, well, Get a little. I, I, know, I know where we're at. I'm going to pick it up in spiders and I'm going to take us back to the original point. I have a lot of spiders in my place and I talk to them and I'm like, you're totally welcome here, but you can't get sloppy. Like if you're going to, there are boundaries. You're welcome here, but if you're going to leave a mess and all these dead bugs and your webs get too crazy, then I'm going to tear them down. You're going to have to start from scratch. So it's boundaries. But I also think like when you were talking about the voodoo doll, which was such a fantastic visual metaphor, what popped into mind was Pee Wee Herman. And you look at his body of work, which was beautiful. You know, not just what the stuff he did for adults, but Pee Wee's Playhouse and like that whole body of work. But now you say his name and it's pinned, right? To this one embarrassing moment that, that got pinned to his personality, that he gets labeled a pervert, and then the whole body of work and the truth of him as an artist, the truth of his contributions, his iconic contributions to our culture are completely eradicated in the face of this one like perversion of personality by sticking a pin in something and then blowing it up through PR and media and all that other bullshit. I mean, it's also not to ignore, it's not to ignore that instance. It's no, just not, not to, that instance, but it's but also see it within like, the context but of it's also, everything. But what does that instance, here's another thing about personality is what does personality have to do with our role in society? Like, I don't really don't think it's anyone's business if Pee Wee Herman wants to jerk off in a movie theater. I don't think it taints the work that he's giving to the world. That was private. He wasn't filming himself. He didn't take a picture of him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we expect so much of our leaders, politicians, actors, entertainers, teachers, journalists, whatever, and then the personality or, or you know, just steps that they're incurring along a long life where we all humiliate ourselves and we all do things that we wish we wouldn't do. And then it, it gets conflated with the value of the body of work. And especially now with cancel culture, like, you know, you look at all these spiritual teachers who are being canceled, Yogi Bhajan, um, Patabi Joy, Osho, exactly. And because of, you know, personality, just, you know, just to give it a, a sort of shorthand, then the whole body of work and these, these teachings, which are bigger than the men or the people through whom they're being disseminated, are being thrown in the trash. And it's really doing us a disservice because we're elevating personality over the truth. This is well said. Very well said. I mean, I think about Jesus too, right? You have Jesus, somehow his PR, the marketing, the way that that has been translated is that there isn't actually a, a personality. Somehow the personality has been, I, I, I think the personality has taken like a second or third seat. And the truth has been prioritized. Like her message has been prioritized. Well, has it though? I mean, 
from one angle of perception it has, and I know what you're saying about eradicating his humanity, but then you look at the PR, like look at Jesus's headshot. It's like he's miserable on the worst day of his life. And that programming, and you look at the guilt that comes through Catholicism and the the like self-flagellation and the weird stuff around sexuality and then how that leeches into perversion, you know? I mean, I'm not sure. It's interesting. Well, I'm also just thinking when you're saying that how we depict Jesus as a white person. Right. It's interesting, right? Which is more of a personality, right? Because race would be a race would be within a subset of personality, right? Right. It's a a piece of it, right? Because we don't. Uh, even though a dog that is raised in Japan and can understand Japanese, we don't say that's a Japanese dog. Does that no. make sense? Yes. No. Race sense. is pretty much just for people. Right. Even, even oh, if it, I hadn't actually thought of that about that before. Because there isn't, you're right, there isn't racism about like an African dog or an Egyptian dog. Like people just love dogs. It's just with humans that we get all bunged up about that weirdness. Yeah, we're, we're strange. We're a strange creature, the we're human. We're super strange. Luckily, there are ways to hack and utilize the strangeness in your benefit. And that is right here in the conscious awesome world. I, I'm really excited about this topic, and I think that it's going to creep into more topics that we, uh, you know, more episodes that we pull that we pull through, um, because I I do find that prioritizing truth is a tenant of conscious awesome, and also calling out the personality flaws, like the flaws around prioritizing personality mm-hmm. in culture, also uh, a tenant of being able to Hawkeye that. And, and recognize what is true, what you can let go of, what you can forgive. The forgiveness piece is key. It's huge. You're, we're not going to be able to see truth without the apparatus of and the technique, the skill set of forgiveness. It's just, also, it just makes it very foggy. Yeah, I think in addition to forgiveness, it's expanding our own comfort zone. Because a lot of times when we're put off by someone's personality. Like I'm even thinking, you know, Bernie, a lot of people didn't like that he was sloppy or schlubby or whatever. And there were people who were critical of him as a leader because of that. And I think that speaks to our own contracted comfort zone and how we think things should be. And so for us to notice and for our audience to notice that when we're rejecting a message to check in, is this because of the personality, the appearance, the delivery, and where can I expand my comfort zone to be able to absorb the truths that are being transmitted and to sidestep the urge to contract around the aesthetic preferences? Yeah. Did that make sense? uh, It did. I mean, there's, it just, it was conjuring up a picture of an apple tree and about just calling it an apple tree because it makes apples, not because of all the other parts of the apple of the tree or the root system or, you know, it's like calling something. It's almost like personifying it by calling it just what the fruit, like just what its end product is or just what, you know, I just had a little bit of a brain fart around that. Okay. We welcome brain farts. Thanks for the safe space. Always.
<laughs> yeah, this is a safe space for truth. Not so much a safe space for protecting personality. No, let's, let's evolve beyond that. And I feel like, like conscious awesome, we're on the forefront. Like we're on the outermost edges of evolution. So let's lead by example, by expanding our comfort zone and expanding our ability to hold personalities and delivery systems that, you know, we might otherwise re reject because we don't like purple or we don't like salty or whatever. I mean, you have a beautiful app, uh, uh, tool within you. We all do. When you feel that, that comfort zone being pushed up against, just take a fucking breath. Take a deep breath. That's it. That's, that's <sighs> part of exercising ourselves out of fight or flight. And when we feel our comfort threatened, and you just, <sighs> okay, I can hear what was just said. It's not even a threat. I was about to make it a threat, but it's not a threat to my consciousness. It might be a threat to my ego, but I am on the team of constantly evolving my ego. So I welcome that nugget, that gem, and I will now polish it into gold and then project it through the consciousness of my personality and call it conscious awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm so glad to be back. It was a couple weeks, a couple weeks off. I was very, was missing these conversations. Um, we missed you. I was missing, I was missing our audience. Um, so here, here at the Conscious Awesome headquarters, which is here now, this is where we are. Um, <laughs> we say thank you, and uh, we invite you back for more tidbits. You can always find us at ConsciousAwesome.com. Also on our Instagram, Conscious Awesome. We keep it really simple for you. <laughs> um, please like, share, distribute this to all the people that you think would benefit from this, or even people who are like-minded and, and are like, yeah, yeah, I totally get this. This makes sense. I resonate with this. Just push share and like. Because even for the people for whom this isn't going to like set off any brand new ahas, they can send it to their friends who they know it's going to trigger some ahas. Yeah. No, no misinformation here. We're really just information free. We're misinformation free. Certified. Get a certification. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. A new badge coming. Misinformation certif free certified. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to give it a like to share it with your nearest and dearest. And remember to subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single episode of your very favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. We'll see you soon, tribe. <laughs>